0: and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you and on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. So good. Well, we'll get straight into the Word of God this morning. Who enjoyed last week's sermon, by the way? Yeah, it was a goodie last week. If you missed last week, you want to make sure that you get that on podcasts. Uh, there was just the breath of God on last week's message. But today I want to, firstly, before we open up our Bibles, I want to give you, this is not my sweat, by the way, on the platform. This is <laughs> Stacy's sweat. No, just kidding. That was from the flowers. <laughs> I want to give you a little bit of a background. And the background to the story is uh, we're, in, we're in the book of Samuel. Now, what happens is that the nations all around Israel have a king. And Israel looks at these other nations and they go to Samuel the prophet and they say to Samuel, who of course is God's voice to the people, we want a king as well, just like the other nations. Now Samuel comes back to them and says to them, if you want a king, You might be able to have one, but it's going to come with a series of consequences. And that is right now, we are under a theocracy, which is essentially the rule of God. He is our king, and you will move to a monarchy, which is of course a king who makes choices based on what's best for him, his queen his family. And so Samuel warns them and says to them that your sons and your daughters will have to plough in his field, in the field of the king, and says that there will be a tax that will come upon the nation where 10% of all your finances needs to now go to the monarchy. And so the people come back and they say, no, we want to be like the other nations, because this will give us influence and status like the other nations, we want a king. And they say to Samuel, because the king will also be able to go ahead of us and fight our battles. What they didn't understand is that God was the one, ultimately anyway, that was fighting their battles. And so in other words, what happened is that Israel Rejected the leadership of God, and so now we pick up the story of God's appointment of the first king in the nation or the history of Israel. Turn with me to the book of First Samuel, chapter 9. We're going to read a handful of verses today. First Samuel, chapter 9, and we are going to read from verse 1. If you don't have Your Bibles, the verses are available for you on the screen. I'm going to preach a message today called God's Hand, Heart and Mind. God's Hand, Heart and Mind. 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 1 says, There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, that is he was a wealthy, and influential man, whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of... Zeror, the son of Becherath, I think, the son of Afia of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul. Now this Saul, he was a handsome brother, as you can see, because the Bible says, as handsome as a young man could be found, just like Nick Creef, He was a handsome young man. This guy was a combination of Brad Pitt and Denzel Washington, All put into one and had the physique of Hulk Hogan. As handsome, handsome as a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. Not only was he handsome, the Bible says, and he was a head taller. All the tall people said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) And he was a head taller than anyone else. Now he's going to the NBA, this guy. Not only is he handsome, but he's going all the way to the NBA. And in fact, just as a side note, he is the only Israelite in the Bible to have a special mention of being tall. What does that have to do with the sermon? Nothing. I thought I'd just tell you. <laughs> Verse three. <laughs> now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. So we passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area of Shalisha or round Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went on into the district of Shalem, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. When they reached the district of Zath, Saul said to the servant who was with him, come, let's go back or my father will. Will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's now go there, or let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what to take. Saul said to his servant, If we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered him again, look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what to take or what way to take. Formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, come, let us go to the seer because the prophet of today used to be called a seer. Verse 10, good. Saul said to his servant, come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. I'm gonna skip a couple of verses. Verse 14, you are following the story this morning? Yeah. They went up to the town and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. He is the appointment of the king. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked upon my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him. This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse one, let me read this to you. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession." August is an interesting month. It's an interesting month in the year because it's a time of year where you have an opportunity to reflect on what's gone on in your year. It's an opportunity to reflect on the summer that we did not have. Somebody help me this morning. It's an opportunity to reflect on decisions that you made. New new friend, excuse me, that... You may have met in your journey, it's an opportunity around about August where you have a time where you can look back and remember your Fiji holiday perhaps, or or remember uh, a challenge of some sort, and August can be the time of the year where the grind of a year starts to set in a little bit, and the daily task the mundane tasks of life uh, starts to wear you down a little bit. Doing the laundry in January was okay, but doing the laundry, come on somebody, in August, see, come on, seems to be a challenge. And you discover, come on now, you discover round about August that the mundane tasks of life seem to be exactly that. They are mundane. (laughs) The laundry, doing the dishes. How about all the cleaning? And all the parents who have young kids, we need to say that three times for you. Cleaning, five minutes left, cleaning, half an hour left, cleaning. (laughs) And no sooner is the house clean, you've got to clean it again. Driving your kids around. It's time of the year where you've like, okay, we've done a few laps of Sydney driving you to different sporting events. Not only are you driving your kids around, how about the grocery shopping? Going to Woolies, going to Coles. Come on, this is not a depressing sermon, by the way. There will be a lift in the atmosphere a little bit later on. Keeping your email account clean. Anyone like that? Oh, I'm very passionate about a clean email account. We can pause the sermon and go home right there. How about ironing your clothes, just every day, having to do the mundane things, riding on public transport, making the bed. Some of you are like, I need to be better at that. <laughs> Sweeping up the leaves, cleaning the swimming pool once a week. And here's the big one, the cooking. Cooking, cooking. Thank God every now and again for Uber Eats, but you've got to cook as well. It's an exhausting list. And August is the time of the year where that list, those things that you need to do, they start to just agitate a little bit. You start to, at this time of the year, look towards Christmas. You look towards your next family holiday just to kind of break that routine of dishes, cleaning, laundry, ironing your clothes, riding on public transport, Driving your kids around, etc, etc, etc. Who's ready to go on a holiday to Fiji somebody this morning? <laughs> and we are introduced watch this, to Israel's first king. Come on now, we are introduced to Israel's first king, not in a glamorous event. We are introduced to Israel's first king in a, what we could say, earthy, mundane, day-to-day, come on now, ordinary event. What was he doing? He was searching for his father's donkeys. A day-to-day event. These darn donkeys, gone missing again. (laughs) Now, if I was going to select, because this is huge in the nation's history, if I was going to select, Israel's king, it's going to be a big event. Who knows what I'm talking about? There's going to be a parade, a coronation of sorts. But we don't meet Saul either in a battlefield. It's not like Israel were warring against uh, another nation, the Philistines perhaps, and Saul rose to the occasion and that guy killed one Saul, was like a thousand people. He's the man. And we see Israel's first king being selected by searching, come on, for his father's donkeys. He goes from one location, Bible tells us five locations. Goes to the first one, there's no donkeys. Second location, no donkeys. Third, fourth, fifth location, No donkeys. Saul and his servant uh, are literally pouring out this maximum effort in this ordinary, mundane activity, finding his father's donkeys. Now, if I was Saul, because this was a a three-day search, they'd run out of food, After 24, maybe 48 hours, Saul's dad Kish in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 tells us that he was a person of stature. In other words, this this brother had wealth. Maybe we just buy some new donkeys. Because I'm searching day and night in this chain of ordinary events, ordinary days, maximum effort, minimal result. I'm frustrated. We ain't getting anywhere. Maybe we just buy some newbies and that'll be okay. And here we see, church, Israel's first king, anointed and chosen, watch this, in the mundane. The mundane is not your enemy. The ordinary is not your enemy. Social media has created this feel that everything needs to be glamorous. Every post needs to be amazing. Your life is like an event, one event after the other. But the truth is, you can't live like that. It's not good for you. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for your marriage. It's not good for your health. God has anointed a king in the day, today, Ordinary task, in this case, searching for some donkeys. You see, Moses, when he was anointed by God, or called by God at the burning bush, it starts off by saying, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. That's not Instagram worthy. It's just normal. Normal. But in the normal, God chose Moses. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Elisha, when Elijah came to Elisha, what was Elisha doing? He was plowing in a field. Nehemiah was bearing the king's wine cup. He was going about his day to day activities. There's something about being consistent. There's something about just being a person who keeps turning up day after day, come on, in the ordinary, in the Monday. Peter was a professional fisherman. What was he doing? He was casting out his net. And Jesus comes to him and says to him, follow me. Levi was at, a, at his tax booth collecting taxes and Jesus comes to him and says, Levi, follow me. And we see, number one, let me give you a point this morning. God's hand is revealed in ordinary human happenings. You don't need to be a superstar this morning. You don't need to have a million views on your next YouTube video. You just need to be faithful. You need to be faithful in the ordinary. You need to be faithful in the unknown. You need to be faithful in the little because I've discovered something about God. God's actions are silent. but One thing you can be assured, God is at work. You may feel ordinary today. You may feel like when I get home, I gotta cook, I gotta clean i got to get ready for what's coming this week. But in it all, there's an extraordinary, amazing God. He's prophesying your future. He's speaking to your future. And here's the thought. Even when you don't see it, Mum, when you're waking up early hours of the morning, feeding that child, changing those nappies, even when you can't see the hand of God, even when it's not evident. God is working. He's working in ordinary human happenings. This generation has been moulded to think the more spectacular it is, the more it's God. I call it firework Christianity, like oh wow, that's God. But I've discovered that God is like a big piece of Jarrah. He set a light, just little by little, be consistent, yeah. be focused, right. stay focused on the task. Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Come on, how many of you know God is perfectly wise in all his thoughts and ways? Think about this. When Saul's dad, Kish, sent Saul to find donkeys, God was sending a prophet to meet Saul. Saul had no idea that on the other side of a mundane, come on, this is a good message today, on the other side of a mundane, ordinary task, the prophet of Israel was heading in his direction. You don't know in the ordinary, in the mundane, the school pickups, taking care of the grandkids. Come on, we're just being real people today. In it all, there's an extraordinary God. Saul went out to find donkeys but he came back a king. (laughs) Saul went out to find donkeys, we could say, but Israel found a king. Where did it happen? On an ordinary day, chasing some donkeys, looking after his father's need. Let me say this to you, don't despise the daily. August is here, there's a grind. But in it all, in the weekly mundane tasks of life, God is working some things behind the scenes. You don't know what God is up to in the ordinary and the mundane. What's interesting about this passage is that God, yes, He was working in the ordinary and the mundane, but in actual fact, church, it was a setback, something had been lost. And we think, as believers, that we actually need a forward, am prophesying over someone today, you need a forward momentum in your life in order for God to do something. This was a setback. Yet God was up to something great. Your year may feel like a setback. Your year may feel like you've lost something, something's actually gone backwards, But the setback for Saul and his family was in actual fact, a set up. The ordinary, the mundane, the regular, that beautiful Sydney traffic that some of you have to deal with and those wonderful drivers who, bless their hearts, (laughs) want to kind of make life difficult for you and then you have to exercise the fruit of the Spirit. And you never know it. Horizon Church, given the church our size, whether that's somebody from church. So just be very, very careful. <laughs> in the ordinary, in the mundane. Watch this. God used a misfortune. Come on now. God used a misfortune to be the path that would lead to blessing. How good is our God? Come on church. How? good, even with misfortune, even with a setback, God said, I'm sending you towards blessing. Uh, Come on, I'm sending you, I'm sending you, I'm leading you towards blessing. Thank you, Brad. It's a good sermon. Number two, watch this. We see something of the heart of God in this story. Number two, God's heart is wrapped up in His people. We've seen the hand of God. Now let's see the heart of God. You ready? Come on, you ready this morning, church? When Allison and I planted a church years ago, prior to planting the church, I was a key preacher, pretty much on a, a platform, of well over 2,000 people every Sunday, preaching, ministering. And Karen was a youth pastor back then in that church. And I was leading, leading staff and all kinds of things. And the Holy Spirit takes Allison and I on a journey of planting a church. I still stress about it. That was the <laughs> sigh. Because Deb has quoted me on many occasions. It's not Deb's quote, it's my quote. Just so that you know so I can have the glory. (laughs) I say about church planters, there's two things. Either you've heard from God or there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Usually it's a bit of both. (laughs) The plant, but in it the Holy Spirit, watch this, is gonna teach us some lessons. I go from preaching in a platform weekly of over 2,000 people in services to a good old church plant. All good, all good. And the Spirit of God takes Alison and I on a journey because, you see, in those environments, when a church is that large, people are employed for things and the sound engineer is employed. In fact, you've got like a dozen people who just work in that one department and the list goes on and on and on. And in a church plant, uh, most of the people, all of the people are volunteers. And so you learn that when the sound engineer rocks up on a Sunday morning, it's an answer to prayer, amen. When the song leaders, well, (laughs) it's an answer to prayer (laughs) because I can song lead, but I ain't that good. (laughs) And you learn, you learn things, you learn to value people and you learn to value what people do is precious. Because in my late 20s, in the environment that I was in, perhaps I didn't value it as much and the church plant taught me, these people have sacrificed. These people have given of their heart and that is holy unto God and you need to treat it with honour and respect. Come on now. So the Lord speaks to Samuel. watch, Watch how God communicates How Saul is called and anointed. Are you ready for this? Come on, who's ready for some word this morning? You know I love my Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 16. So this is the Lord speaking to the prophet about Saul. Tomorrow, about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. You shall anoint him, commander, watch this, over, oh, there it is right there, my people. Now, here's the problem. They are moving from a theocracy to a monarchy. They are Saul's people, because that's what kings do. But the Lord says, he may be good, but they are my people. Can we keep going? Oh, uh, Come on, can we keep going? Commander over, my people, Israel, that he may say, oh, come on, God's trying to make a point to my people. I'm glad you're excited. From the hand of the Philistines, oh, not again, God. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. Let's see if God says it again. Verse 17, so when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you, this one shall reign over. What? Who would have thought? My people. Watch this. A fourfold repetition of the phrase, my people. You don't belong to a church brand. You don't belong to a leader over you. You don't belong to a denomination. You are God's choice. You are his people, my people. Now, Saul led okay, but even at the peak of his skill and the peak of his leadership, they were still God's people. Come on, you are God's choice, you are God's favorite. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm God's favorite. Tell the person on the other side, I'm God's favourite. There is no way, church, you need to know this. There is no way that God will relinquish His claim over you. No way. You will remain for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not, God's special treasure. God's heart, what a calling, what a way to describe it, what a way to see the heart of God. Can we do some more my people verses because it makes me happy? Isaiah 52 verse 6, but I will reveal my name to, what not again, this is all over the Bible, who would have thought, I will reveal my name to my people, he's revealed his name to you. He's full of love. He is love. He's compassionate. He's gracious. He's kind. He's tender. He's merciful. And they will come to know its power. Come on, who loves the name of Jesus this morning? There's authority in the name of Jesus. Then at last they will recognise that I am the one who speaks to them. There's a good verse right there. If you remember nothing else, memorise that verse. Jeremiah 32, verse 38. They shall be, oh, what? Not again. They shall be my people and I will be their God. You didn't activate it. You didn't make it happen. You're God's choice. He chose you. He said, you are my people. Isaiah 32 verse 18, My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings and in quiet, resting places. What a beautiful passage. My people. He's chosen you. He's for you. He's not against you. We've seen God's hand. We've seen God's heart. Now can we see lastly... God's mind. Are you ready? Number three. God's mind foresaw Saul's circumstance. Now, one of the things about modern technology and our phones is that we are now all weather experts. Who knows that to be true? We've got radars, we can see the movement when the storm's coming. Who watches the hourly weather report on the apps? Come on. Oh, Rory. You and I are the only people telling the truth. <laughs> because I've discovered in Sydney these days, you gotta know the weather, man. You gotta know whether to take that umbrella, whether to what kind of jacket to wear, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Why? Because we're looking for a prediction, a predictable outcome. Now stay with me now. The first miracle of Jesus was what? Was turning water into, come on, water into wine. That is, He is a God who exists outside of time. He's not not governed by time. It was an acceleration of something that ordinarily should have taken three to four months. Jesus did it in an instant. Do you know what the second miracle is in the ministry of Jesus? It's the nobleman's son who's at the point of death and Jesus speaks a word and at a distance, without Jesus even going there, He's healed. So, He's not only the God who exists outside of time; He's also the God who exists outside of space. So God dominates both. This is all going to make sense? God dominates both time and space. When we think of time, we see linear: zero, 120. We hope, and uh, and out of that we have a beginning, we have an end. Whereas the God that we serve, He is an eternal God. He's the Alpha, He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So our minds have been trained to see a start and then of course, at some point, there's a finish. There is a conclusion. So. What's happened to us is we've been conditioned to see time this way. We have a past, which has affected our present, which means that because of that present, it will determine our future, right? Stay with me. You with me this morning? Time is flowing from the past, which has created a present, which now has given to me or telling me what my future is gonna be like. But the God that we serve, He looks outside of time and space. He's the eternal God. He's working in your past, He's working in your present, and He's already at work, come on, in your future. Now this is how God sees the flow of time he actually sees it from the future he sees who you are he sees what you've become and he speaks a word from the future affecting your present impacting your past the world says past present future God says future present past Gideon, you mighty man of valour. Me, not me, yes you are. Change your name from Abram to Abraham. How can I be called the father of many nations? I don't even have a child. Why, because God's speaking something from the future, affecting His present, creating a past. This is all gonna make sense. Now watch this, God calls you from the future, Pulling you into your destiny. All right? Amen. Now watch the verse. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear, watch this. The day before, the day before, the Lord spoke a word in Samuel's ear about a man by the name of Saul. The Hebrew word uh, spoken easier literally means it, it uncovered Samuel's ear to be able to hear. So God, the eternal God, had already revealed His will, true, to Samuel. But did Saul know? Saul had no idea whilst chasing donkeys that the prophet of the nation had heard from God about his future. He's frustrated. He's anxious. He's worried about his father's donkeys. He's got no food. But there was a prophet who God had uncovered his ear to say, a man from Benjamin will come and you are to anoint him king over Israel. Your name, is being spoken about in the right rooms. There's conversations that are happening about you and your future that you don't even know about. In the right time and in the right place, the eternal God has released something that you may not be aware of that's affecting your future, impacting the outcome. Abraham and Isaac, Go up on the mountain, the mountain of sacrifice. God had already caused a ram to walk up the other side. Long before you have a need, long before you know what's going on, God has already prophesied your victory. So good. My friend, my friend, faithful preacher, doing a good job uh, and and loving his church. One day he gets a phone call. This phone call is uh, from an organisation that says, we'd love to catch up with you. So he says, yeah, no, no problem. Uh, happy to catch up. They come and they sit down with him and there was three of them representing their organisation, which in fact, was a very, very large church. I sat down with him. He didn't know what it was about. And they said this to him, for two years, we've been watching you, listening to your sermons. He was not super famous. He was not super well-known. But somehow or another, God orchestrated it. God orchestrated an outcome. There He was being faithful. There He was preaching. There He was in the mundane at times, ministering, 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 doing the school runs and everything else that goes with it. But for two years, there was a delegation watching Him. They said to Him, we would love it if you could come to our nation. Who, me? Yeah, you could you come to our nation? We would love you to minister and preach in our nation. Well, eventually he goes over there and little did he know that in the first service he preached, an ordinary good Aussie guy, there was 100,000 people in one service. Preaches the next service, Guess how many people were there again? A hundred thousand. Preachers, the third service. Guess how many were there? A hundred thousand. Because what God was doing, God was showing him, Saul, you're running around. It's, it's wearing you out a little bit. But I've uncovered the ear of the prophet, and I've uncovered something that you don't even know is already happening. You don't know, it's already, the blessing, the blessing is already in motion. You just don't know it yet. Be faithful, be consistent, keep loving your wife, keep loving your husband, keep a soft heart, keep a clean spirit because God is whispering into the prophet's ear, and blessing awaits you. Today you've come to Horizon Church, amen. And I'm so glad that you're here. But you're here because God, in His love and in His grace and in His wisdom, helped orchestrate a moment, an opportunity, just like Saul, and the prophet Samuel to hear a voice. This voice that you're hearing today is in fact not my voice. It's actually the voice of God. I mean, my words are good, but He's a better. And He's speaking to you. And He's loving on you. And He's encouraging you. And He's saying to you today, you can be forgiven because of what? Jesus did on the cross for you. That voice, the voice of God, is speaking to you right now. How do you know it's the voice of God? Very simply, it draws you to Himself. It brings you to Himself. The voice of Satan causes you to run. The voice of God draws you like a loving Father to Himself. He's drawing you. And He's saying to you, you need to come home. This is what we're going to do. In a moment, I'm going to ask everybody in the facility to bow their heads and close their eyes because we're going to pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer that invites Jesus Christ to come into our lives and to forgive us of our sins. And I'm going to ask you, if you've never prayed this prayer before, those of you who are online, you can pray this as well. Why don't you open up your heart to Jesus today and to respond and respond to His voice. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Why don't you repeat this after me? Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness, Your love, and complete acceptance. I'm now set free from my past. I'm now a child of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before, you did a long time ago, in a moment I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why I wanna see you, I wanna pray for you today, I wanna encourage you. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you did it a while ago and you're coming home like the prodigal son and you're hearing God's voice bringing you to Himself, would you be able to lift up your hand? Here we go, one, two, three, lift it up nice and high. I'd love to pray for you today. Love to pray for you today. Come on, make that decision for Jesus today and respond to His voice. Respond to His voice. I'm gonna give it about 20 seconds. God bless you, I see your hand. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it straight back down. Is there anyone else? I'd love to pray for you today. Hear His voice and respond in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. So good, so good. Father, I thank You for those who... Raise their hand today. They have responded to your voice. You said in your word, my sheep know my voice. I know them and they follow me. Thank you for new beginnings. In Jesus' wonderful Name, Amen. Can we give those who raised their hand a great clap of encouragement, so good. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.